welcome everyone to our High Five, where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, it's Easter weekend and we're so excited to welcome you to One Church. With 24 services this weekend, no matter where you're joining us from today, we're so glad to be together to worship our risen Savior. High five to you and a very happy Easter. In at number four, this week, One Church students celebrated 603 night, where middle and high schoolers came together for chicken everything. They played chicken-themed games with chicken trophies, did the spicy chicken challenge, and even did the chicken dance together. And there's many more 603 nights to look forward to. Students, check out church.one slash students and high five to more times like these. Here at number three, one of our groups here at One Church is called Wise and Wonderful. This group is for people 55 and up, wanting to build community, grow in faith, and encourage one another. They'll meet monthly at our Manchester outpost for lunch, devotionals, and testimonies. So head to church.one groups to sign up today. In at number two, Easter may be this weekend, but the joy of Easter is something that our outposts have been sharing in their communities all week. Kids and families all over New England came together for egg hunts, dance parties, snacks, and even trampoline park fun. High five to outpost teams across Manchester, Brandon, Concord, and Franklin for sharing God's love in fun ways. And finally, up at number one, we're celebrating the many baptisms across all of our outposts this past week. High five to Regina, Sherry, Todd, Megan, Toby, Jafet, and Scott. We're so excited to see how God will continue to move in your lives. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. Well, happy Easter, Franklin. How are we doing? Happy Easter indeed. Yeah, I just wanted to throw it in one more time. We've been here all morning, but you know, it's, it's afternoon now, so happy Easter to you again. I love Easter time. I was thinking back as I was, you know, prepping for today, all the Easter's that I had growing up and the different expectations that I had, sort of the traditions that would follow the Easter season. And for me, the, the first one that came to my mind was the candy. I don't know if it's a popular opinion, but I think Easter candy is a little better than Christmas candy. The, the starburst jelly beans, like mm, fine cuisine right there. Super tasty. I was also remembering the uh, sunrise services that my parents would get me and my brother up for. And when I say that we would attend the sunrise service, what would happen is my parents would wake us up, drag us out of bed, we'd change in the car, get out of the vehicle and just be like, yeah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen, just like barely awake for that sunrise service. But then the best part was the food afterwards at the churchwide breakfast. Because every year, I didn't know where they came from. They only came around once a year, but there were these magical raspberry danishes that would just show up once a year in the church season. My brother and I, we'd load up like a plateful, like two dozen at a time, and just gorge ourselves on this nice yearly gift that we would get. And I was talking to my parents about all this, and I remembered a weird one, and that was that every Easter, my brother and I would get new shoes. Like, we'd load up in the Jeep Grand Cherokee and go to pay less shoes and just get, like, we had shoes. We weren't walking around barefoot, but my mom was like, it's Easter time, new shoes for the boys. So to pay less, we go. So I was expecting these sort of things when it came to Easter, these, uh, these expectations, these rhythms, these rituals, if you will, that Easter 
could kind of become just, you know, old news. Like, been there, done that. I, I knew what Easter would entail, so kind of flip my brain off. But the great thing about Easter, what we're celebrating today in the resurrection of Christ, is that it isn't old news, but it's indeed good news. It's not just good news, it's the news. It is the most surprising news of all. And that's what God's all about. God's about surprising us. You look at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, right? There was nothing, and then all of a sudden, there was everything. Like, surprise, there was nothing, and then there was everything. And then you look at the life of Jesus, so God surprised us in that, and then God surprised us with the life of Jesus as well. Like, you ever, the birth of Christ? Like a little bit of a shocker there. Like out of nowhere, the, the Virgin Mary gives birth to a child and he is the savior of the world. And then Jesus continues to surprise everyone that surrounded him with who he would talk to, who he would interact with. People would say, you don't, don't spend time with those people, but he did all the same. How about the miracles? Feeding of the 5,000. Jesus walked on water. And maybe you grew up like I did and you'd read that passage and just be like, and then Jesus walked upon the water. But like, we should read that up. Jesus walked on water. That is a surprise if I've ever seen one. And that keeps going on with his healings and everything that he would teach. And then what we're celebrating this weekend, the crucifixion of Jesus, him being put to death on the cross for you and for me. But then more surprising than that is that he defeated death and he rose again, and that's what we're celebrating today. Reason that happened is that, you see, we are no longer in darkness because of that. Jesus left darkness in the grave, but now we are living in the light. And we're looking at the scope of the Bible, that's what it's all about. In Genesis, right at the top, it says, in the beginning the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, but then what did God say? God said, let there be light, and there was. It continues on with the story of the Israelites. Time and time again, they fall into darkness, but then God brings them back out of it, into the light. And then with Jesus, in John chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Walk in darkness. That sound kind of familiar to some of you here today? can look outside and I think there's sort of these stereotypes, these things that we know, we talk about it to one another. But some people will say, yeah, I don't watch the news. Why don't we watch the news? Because it's a little dark. Man, I don't go on social media anymore. Why not? Because it's a little dark. But then maybe it hits even closer to home. It can be dark in our neighborhoods. It can be dark in our homes. For some of us, we don't even have to interact with people. There can be darkness up here too with fear and anxiety and pain and depression, we can feel like we are surrounded by this darkness. And when we're surrounded by this darkness, so much so, you see, what, what we're faced with day in and day out is maybe the greatest darkness of all. We, we're building this up, and it's all leading to one thing, that we might be focused on the greatest darkness that we see is death. And then we accept death as the greatest darkness, and because of that, we then accept this wrong mindset that death is the end, that death is the end. Now, we've heard the story of the resurrection time and time again. 
I share, there's certain expectations that we have about Easter, right? We, we know what it is, but we still think that death might be the end, even though we've heard this story. Now, why is that? Because we are walking in our lives, in our daily lives, and we're carrying around all of this stuff. We're carrying around the things that we've done, that we might be bogged down by. Not only carrying around what we've done, but also stuff that maybe has been done to us as well. And the load's getting heavier and heavier, and we're stuck with this. Things we've done, things that have been done to us, and we don't know what to do with all of this. We don't know what to do with all of this hurt. We don't know how to manage all of this pain that we're going through. We can't handle all of this death until all of a sudden all that we think is that this is my life from here on out. The only way forward from here has to be death because the darkness is way too great. But then what did Jesus do? He came in, he took all of that from us. He took all of that and he took it with him to the cross so that we can be free. And then when he rose again because we worship the living God, it stayed in the grave. That's all very surprising that we have that good news, we have that truth to share. See, we're gonna read a story today where the disciples were maybe in that mindset of we're carrying all this, that there was some despair, there was some darkness that they were dealing with, but the good news is they are about to be surprised. We got on Easter morning in this moment of despair where Jesus was just put to death and they thought surely this was the end. The women go and they go to prepare the body, right, of Jesus' body for burial. But when they go, Jesus ain't there. And then they go back and they tell the apostles, Jesus isn't there. And they're like, no, nah, sure, we gotta go check this out ourselves. So Peter and John, they go and they say, yeah, it's true. And while that's happening, they're all working themselves up. There's these two other disciples that are on their way to Emmaus. And it's on Easter morning, we pick up in Luke chapter 24 in verse 13 says this now the same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem they were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other Jesus came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all, these, all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. 
we have these two disciples of Jesus, these two followers of Jesus that are walking along this road. And then this guy comes along and just kind of asks him, hey, what's going on? It's like, how did you not know? Like, it was kind of a big deal, everything that was happening. This guy, Jesus, was put to death. We'll tell you about it while you walk along with us. You see, they had this hope. It says that their faces were downcast. They had this hope, but as they're walking and sharing this news, feels like they're losing hope. They're losing hope so much that it's getting shipped away. And when hope is lost, maybe in their eyes it was now dead. The hope that was there that they no longer see, they might now see it as dead instead. But see, when hope is dead, despair is all we can see. That can be a really tough place to live. Only seeing the death around us, only seeing the despair, because we've lost hope. What areas in your life might you have lost hope? Might you be losing hope? Maybe you've lost hope in your health, and now despair is all you can see. Maybe you lost hope in your relationships, and now despair is all you can see. Lost hope in your family, despair is all you can see. Lost hope in your career, so on and so forth. Now despair is all we can see. And when all we can see is despair, then it's easier to see death. And then just to accept that death is the end. Our despair can come from different sources in our lives. And I, I think the disciples lay this out for us as they tell this story back to Jesus. Our despair might come from broken expectations thinking that things might just have worked out differently, thinking it wasn't supposed to be like this. This wasn't supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to be here. That person wasn't supposed to get hurt. I wasn't supposed to get hurt like this. Broken expectations. The disciples, even when it came to Jesus, they had these broken expectations. They thought Jesus was a savior in a different way. They thought Jesus was gonna come and be a military leader for the people of Israel to rise up against the Romans. But what we know about Jesus' ministry is that wasn't what he was all about. Instead, he showed them how to love as God loves. Our despair could come from brazen injustice. Just knowing Man, that ain't right. That's not okay. Why is that happening? Can you think of some things happening in your life or maybe in the world where we sit and we watch and we say, man, that's just not right. Why is that happening? With these disciples, you see the, their religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they turned Jesus over. This guy who they thought was the savior of their people, they turned, them, they turned him over to be put to death? Well, that just ain't right. Our despair can come from worldly oppression, these, these forces that we don't have control over, but they stir up despair, force us down. And then it can come from a collective confusion as well. We see in, in the story that on that Easter Sunday, the disciples were sort of feeding off each other, like, what's going on? The, the, the women came back, he's not there. And then Peter and John said, yeah, he's not there. And then they're leaving. And then these guys are, are from Jerusalem. They're going to Emmaus and they're like recounting everything that happened. We can feed off each other, feed into that negativity because all that we see maybe is darkness. 
and we share in that despair. With all these sources, our hope may be challenged until all that we see is despair and then all that we see and accept is death. But we know that that is wrong. Death is not the end. Because you see what is right and what Jesus proved to be right today is that the resurrection is real. It's a real truth, it's a real hope, it's a real foundation on which we can stand. To continue in the story in verse 25. So this is Jesus talking and they still don't know who he is. Verse 25 says, and he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two uh, told what had happened on the way and how Jesus recognized them when he broke bread. You got to feel for these disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. Because here's this guy that they just was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you saying? And then after they share what's saying, he turns around and says, uh, how foolish of you. It's like, what? I, I, I just met you. But they walk with him all the same, right? He's opening up their minds to the scriptures, the truth that is found in there. And then they go in and he's staying with them and they share a meal. And right when Jesus breaks the bread to share it with them, the disciples are like, wait a minute. I know that guy. That's it. But that's Jesus. That's our guy. They knew Jesus by his love for them. They knew Jesus by, by his opening up their minds to the scriptures, how he taught them, how he served them. And all of a sudden, the resurrection was very real, and that changed their plans quite significantly. They all of a sudden, they got to go seven miles back to Jerusalem. They got to tell each other about this. I wonder if one of the disciples was like, guys, we just ate. We might need to let it settle. And they're like, there's no time. We got to go. We got to go right now. They're seven miles right back to Jerusalem to share in this good news together. They share in this joyous surprise because the resurrection is real. The resurrection was real even when they didn't recognize Jesus. It, it wasn't real all of a sudden like he, he appeared to them. The resurrection, he was walking with them the entire time. See, because the resurrection is real, even when we don't recognize it, when we are walking in the midst of despair and darkness, Jesus is right there walking alongside of us. We might be like the disciples and maybe not recognize him right away. Maybe we have a tough time seeing him. But Jesus is there 
all the same because of this truth, and maybe this truth doesn't get said enough to you. Maybe it doesn't get said enough in your walk with him, but I want to share with you today that Jesus is walking with you because he is for you and not against you. Jesus wants you to see him. He wants to reveal himself to you so that he can then send you on his way because when we see Jesus, he meets us where we are, he shows us who he is, and he sends us on his way. He's meeting you where you are. If you're thinking like, okay, I'm hearing this message today and, and I'm gonna turn some things around and then I'm gonna be able to, to face Jesus, then I'll be washed clean and he'll open me up with open arms. No, no, Jesus meets you where you are right now. Jesus meets you where you are and then he's gonna show you who he is. And when you see who he is, it's gonna make a lot more sense that he met you where you were because you're gonna understand his love. You're gonna understand the truth and the joy that can be found in him and understand that you don't need to live in darkness but instead get to exist in the beautiful and pure light that is our savior. And then he's gonna send us on his way. And I can promise you that his way is a whole lot better than our way. It's a lot better than my way, that's for sure. See, Jesus' way it tells us to store up treasures in heaven rather than on earth. Jesus' way tells us to love our enemy and bless those who persecute us. Jesus' way says, do not worry about anything, but instead, put your faith in me because Jesus can handle the load. Jesus re makes us rethink how we not only see ourselves, but how we see others. He puts into perspective that death is not the end. He turns the table on that. We understand that death is not the end, that the resurrection is indeed real. And because the resurrection is real, you see that hope that the disciples had, it's come back. Even that little glimmer of hope right there, that hope is back everything that they hope for, they're no longer in despair, but they have seen Jesus, they have seen that the resurrection is real. What Jesus does is he turns the tables and indeed proclaims that hope dominates despair. Hope dominates despair. In verse 36 of this chapter, the disciples are still trying to figure out everything that happened. And we pick up here, just to wrap this up. It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Modern translation, don't freak out. They were startled and frightened. They still did, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, yummy, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand 
the scriptures. Jesus offers us peace. And doesn't that feel really good right about now? Doesn't that peace sound really good right about now? Because without Jesus' peace, what we're going to be prone to do is panic into chaos. We're going to have all these burdens that we feel like we have to carry with us for some reason. It's going to weigh us down more and more. And like I said earlier, we're not going to know what to do with all this. And so much so that the only thing that we see in front of us, the only way out is death. And we think that death is the end there when we're carrying all this stuff. But Jesus offers us peace. What's beautiful about God, and stay with me here, is that he knew that when left on our own, we would shoulder those burdens. When left to our own devices, we would only see death as the end. Death would be the only option for the end. But because Jesus knew that, and what's beautiful about it, is that God knew that and he did something about it. He knew it and he did something about it. He sent his son Jesus to show us what it meant to live a life of godliness and then to carry it out He knew that there was a great chasm between us and him, that we couldn't get to him just on our own because we're busy carrying all of this despair, thinking that that is our identity. So what did Jesus do? He came, he died on the cross, he took all those things that we would rather carry, and he said, no, give them to me. And we give them to him, and then he takes them to the cross, and he's put to death on the cross, gets buried in the tomb, and then everything there stays, and he rises again, leaving it there, because when he rises again, you see, we worship the living God, the God of immense truth, the God of salvation, the God that we can put all those burdens onto, and he says, yeah, I can handle that. Yeah, I can save you. Because hope dominates despair. What we got to watch out for is that everything that, that he buried in the tomb, let's leave it there. We would rather maybe dig it up. We'd rather still let ourselves be identified as that. But no, let's leave that in the grave. Because that was his gift to us. Now, why would he do all that? This isn't your first time at an Easter service. You've heard all this before. Yeah, Jesus died for your sins. Why? Why would he sacrifice himself for me? It's because you matter. And if you haven't heard that much before, I'm telling you right now, you matter. You matter immensely to God. And then what's, you matter so much that, that he has given this gift of salvation to you. And what's beautiful is then when we enter into this, this family of believers together, we matter to each other. You matter to me. Maybe we don't hear that too often. Because we're stuck with, with these burdens that we have and we think, man, no one could love me. The truth is that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, you matter immensely. What's going to happen next is we're going to watch this, this video of, of this song that one church wrote called No Matter. And it's just talking about that no matter who you're from, 
no matter what you think defines you, you see, God is for you. That can be terrifying. That can be a terrifying thing to admit because you see, this is very familiar. This load is familiar and we're comfortable with it. And so taking that next step of faith might be difficult. But trust me, the identity that we find in him is so much greater. The light that he offers us is so much greater than the despair that you might be sitting in today. So as we're listening to this song, and Dan's going to lead us in a time of communion as well, if you're hearing this good news and you just want to talk to somebody, I'll be down here. I'd I'd love to talk to you and, and pray with you today. But also if you're hearing like, yeah, I, I have this burden and I, I don't know what to do with it anymore, but I know that I, I don't want to be defined by it, but it's scary. What should I do? Weird guy on the stage, what do I do? Bible says, repent and be baptized. Baptized into the family of God here today. We'd love to celebrate that with you. I'm going to pray and then we're going to share in this, this beautiful time together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the good news, the surprising news of Easter. Lord, that you love us immensely, that we matter, we matter so much to you. Lord, help us to relinquish this darkness that we might rather shackle ourselves to, but look to you and follow the light. In your name we pray, amen.
represents the body of our Lord and Savior who took within himself our sin, who died our death. So let's eat and let's remember him. Thank you. And this cup of juice represents his precious blood It represents the power of his resurrection, the very means by which we are cleansed from our unrighteousness to the king. Let's drink together. Will you stand with me? us right where we are at and he reveals himself and he sends us on his way my question my friend is how will you respond to him today as Luke said we are here to pray with you or to celebrate your life in the hands of Jesus or in the steps of baptism Respond as he may lead as we continue to sing and remember him. He came to the table with friends Knowing how that night would end He knelt to his knees Washing their feet This they would not comprehend Then Jesus spoke of his death A moment we'll never forget 
body the bread his blood that was shed the cup that brings new life again we remember we remember we eat and we drink Here we are. 